and welcome to a new episode of Digital Coffee, and I'm your host, Brett Deister, and this week I'm going to be talking about AMD CPU vulnerabilities, plus with Intel as well, so it's kind of a package deal. Battalion 1944 going free to play, and also the new Overwatch Anniversary Remix Volume 3. Also, report that AMD Ryzen 7000 CPU may actually benefit the most out of DDR5 6000 memory. Also got a new RTS game that you might want to check out as well, Modern Warfare 2. And kind of the funny part about why Call of Duty is not going exclusive to Xbox, which would be kind of funny, the new Razer mouse that they just announced, Elite Dangerous, CEO stepping down, Riot, and they're saying, we got all the women's working for us now. And Marvel's Midnight Suns being delayed again. Sony just launched Spider-Man for the PC. And that is going to be my main topic, which I'm going to be talking about why everything comes back around to PC and why the PC is very important to a lot of publishers right now because seeing a lot of success so we'll talk, be talking about that but do you have your coffee cups ready because let's get this brew going mm, that's good all right so there is security vulnerabilities found in intel and amd processors that means that most intel 10th 11th and 12th processors will be affected by this new vulnerability and research named the uh, AE a epic leak, but this vulnerability is basically an arch architectural bug according to the researchers. So it's basically something similar to the specter and the meltdown vulnerabilities, but not quite similar to that as well. But also the security vulnerability is for the AMD processors is the squid for Zen two and Zen three processors. Unfortunately, if you look down, it also does affect the 5000 series, but the vulnerabilities for AMD is kind of like, well, we're not really going to do anything about it. We'll just have the system developers or the developers that, you, that make the motherboards fix this issue to be about best practices of 1.2, including constant time algorithms and avoiding secret dependent control flows where appropriate to help mitigate the potential vulnerabilities. So they do not plan to release any kernel mitigation on this as well. Intel looks like there really isn't much in what they're talking about either. So be on the lookout for updates for this one, because this could actually potentially hurt you in the long run, but we're not quite sure how they're going to deal with this quite yet, but it looks like both of them do have new vulnerabilities besides the Spectre and Meltdown that was announced or, I guess, revealed several years ago. All right, you looking for a new World War II shooter? I'm pretty sure you're not, but Battalion 1944, well, first of all, they've ended their deal with Square Enix because it looks like Square Enix is just saying, we don't want to work with any Western developers. For whatever reason, I mean, I guess they just want to go all into NFTs and cryptos, but most gamers don't really want to go there, even though they want to go there now. For Japan, it actually might work pretty good for Japan, but it's not really going to work out quite well for just the broader gaming 
community. But anyways, I digress in saying that the developer is going to be offering refunds and is going to be going free to play. So it's on Steam and I just checked. It's still being a paid option. So don't buy it just quite yet. Wait for it to be called Battalion Legacy and then actually it'll be free to play. But it's not there yet it'll be coming so keep on a lookout put on a wish list or whatever you want to do but once it decides to do that it'll be good for you guys to actually not purchase it but actually download the game all right moving on to the overwatch anniversary remakes volume three so this will be basically it seems like the final event for this specifically. We probably won't get any more events until Overwatch 2 comes out, but every skin is available. They do have some interesting remake skins. I think the Soldier one looks pretty cool. The Genji one, which is basically looks like a Power Ranger, but this is Red Ranger, looks pretty cool. The, the Farah is okay. I really wasn't too impressed with the Farah, but the Batiste one is actually interesting as well. You also have three weeks of... Uh, just unlockables for the different weeks of characters. So this one, this week is Tracer with her comic book one. Tracer also has a, I guess, graffiti-like skin that you could purchase either with money or coins or currency or whatever, whatever their thing is in, in the game. But this is the last time you can actually purchase them. After August 30th, you will not be able to purchase them anymore and well, use your currency as quickly as possible or they will use it for you. So that is, uh, I guess, a good way of saying that we should all be using it for these events or accumulating them and getting as many skins as we can get right now because they're not going to be, I guess, free-ish anymore. You still have to play the game and grind to get the currency, but you're going to have to buy battle passes from October when Overwatch 2 is released. But it should be interesting to see how well this actually will do. All right, moving on to AMD Ryzen 7000 CPU news. And it looks like the Ryzen 7000 GP CPUs that are coming out eventually will be will have a benefit with the DDR5 6000 memory sets. So if you're looking to upgrade, it might be the best time now. I'm not really quite sure when they're going to be released. Hopefully... I mean, usually they announce it next month, a lot of times, but with GPUs being, well, overstocked now, there's too many GPUs that they're slashing prices to get rid of their inventory. It should be interesting to see how well this is all play out in the market and if they uh, will be holding back until next year to actually release those. But while I say this is that since the... Usually the Ryzen CPUs do benefit from higher frequencies in terms of gaming. And this is actually going to be interesting to see how well this actually does compared to Intel. But this does allow for all the controllers like the PCIe, the SATA, and the USB port to be lower latency and more balanced speed across the board. So this could make the Ryzen processors even more powerful than Intel. But like I said, we have to see because... 
nothing is set in stone right now. I keep on seeing all these different things about, oh, it could be great. It could be great. It could be great. It could be terrible. We're not quite sure, especially with AMD's pedigree of doing really good chipset for a good while and then screwing it up for the future at the same time. Like I said, we will see if this is going to be any, any good or not. I'm hoping it is, but I would wait for a little bit for the CPUs, given the fact that DDR5 is still being released. It's still not there yet in plentiful amounts. There's not a lot of, pe- there's not a lot of companies making it. Now they are all going to be eventually making it. And the only thing you're really going to see is DDR5 eventually. But right now, not yet. But it's all interesting to see what these new CPUs coming out will be able to do. And with direct storage from Windows 11, what that will do and entail to make everything compute faster. And specifically with the new Sabrant SSDs that are coming out that are supposed to be using the direct storage type of software to help with this and it's going to be the rocket four plus g that's going to be able to interesting to see how well this all works together to make everything compute faster than ever before all right are you a rts fan and you're just really wishing there was more real-time strategy games well there is one called crossfire legion now it's from the developer that made the last home world game which was a prequel so they have made this one. They call them a newcomer, but it's not they're not really newcomers to the RTS genre. They already made they already made one home one RTS game. It was Homeworld. It was the prequel to it. I forget the name after, but it was the latest Homeworld game. Now Homeworld 3, the one that's still coming out, but they're not really newcomers. They they do have a history of making RTS games. Maybe they're more newcomers to people not really understanding what they are, but they're not really technically newcomers as they already made one game out there. A little bit seasoned veterans, but anyways, it is a very interesting thing. It's still base building. It looks like it's three different factions and this could be a fun game for those that want to play it. Now I do have to warn you that it is an early access. So don't be the person going on early access and be like, this is not, this is not great. Like, what is this? Early access means it's early. There are going to be issues. There are going to be problems. So it, for the U.S. dollars, it's 30 bucks. you can get for early access. If you want to wait for this to come out eventually, then you can do that as well. But it's just another avenue for playing real-time strategy games if you miss that genre like I do a lot of times. I miss the old Command & Conquer, the StarCrafts, the Age of Empires, even though that recently came out with a new one. But I miss all those new strategy games that we don't really get to see too much anymore. So I'm glad that a developer is trying to make a new one. Plus with Dune as well, really seeing a somewhat of a resurgence of it. It's, I mean, not every developer is clamoring to make real time strategy games anymore, but at least some are. All right, moving on to call of duty, modern warfare two beta revealed. And yes, PlayStation owners once again, get first access because reasons. So early access beta starts September 16th. That's really, for the most part, that's only for PlayStation. The early access for PC is like the 22nd to 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. But it's that, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, does PlayStation really have to have all the things? Hey, I have a PS5, and I'm still kind of like, yeah, can we, 
can we not have them have exclusivity? Which is kind of funny because they've been rallying against Microsoft for buying Activision Blizzard and saying that it could influence people to buy an Xbox. I'm like, just like your exclusive could influence people to buy your PlayStation 5. Anyways, I digress. Yes, it's it's coming out next month. If you want to pre-order it, there's only two editions, standard and vault edition. They went from seven, it's 70 bucks for standard and a hundred bucks for the vault edition. The vault edition will give you the ghost legacy pack in modern warfare and Warzone, the red team one, four, one operator pack, the cinder weapon vault battle pass season one and 50 tier skips. If you want that. But beyond that, yes, you have two options. Usually there was like three or four options, but they're like, nope, two options, either one or the other. You get no other options. But this is the only Call of Duty that I'm actually excited for because Cold War sucked. Vanguard was no better, really. It just it, it wasn't fun. I mean, it was just blah. So hopefully this one will actually be better. Hopefully this will be like, yes. Call of Duty's back into the era where it actually was fun to play in the Xbox 360 era, which was Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3, which I stopped after Modern Warfare 2 because I kind of got tired of it. But hopefully this one will actually do a lot better. All right, moving on to other news. It's basically about the Xbox exclusivity in Call of Duty with Xbox or Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard and saying that it wouldn't be profitable to be exclusive on Xbox. And this is actually true. The reason why this would not be the wisest thing to do is because Call of Duty has been multi-platform for at least a couple decades, it seems like. And what's the point of doing it when you're just hamstringing yourself with more profit? If you just make it exclusive for Xbox, you're taking a hit. I mean, you will have it on Xbox and PC, but you're still taking a big hit. This doesn't seem to make any sense if they do it it would not make more so people are like well what about bethesda well that's a little bit different because their games don't sell as massively as call of duty does call of duty sells massively and it would be ridiculous thing to do it'd be like nope now we're just gonna do xbox and pc only sorry playstation users but you can't do this with bethesda a lot of the games sell well but not as massive as Call of Duty. Call of Duty is a juggernaut in the gaming industry, whether you like it or not. It is a juggernaut, and it would make no sense whatsoever to make it exclusive. Could they do it? Yeah, but they would once again be hurting their own profits to do it, so I don't really see them actually doing this. I think Sony just really doesn't want Microsoft to buy Activision Blizzard. But the funny part is, is that Sony still has their own exclusive games. Why does this matter? Because every merger, every corporate corporation by another corporation does affect PC gaming at the same time too. And it's interesting to see the little fights going on between them because they're all trying to clamor to get on P- PC now, like for how many years are they just like, nah, we got, we got our own platform. It's good enough. And they're like, Ooh, more sales. We must do more PC games. So it's just like the past two years have been like, Oh, PC. Hmm. We should get on that. It's like, finally, finally you get on it. It's been around for a while. And you're just like, hmm, maybe we should start doing this one now. It's just always funny, but no, 
It's not going to go exclusive. Will the other games may go exclusive? Probably. But specifically Call of Duty, I'm not, I'm not seeing that actually happen. Would other games? Sure. Would Overwatch 2? No, because it already be released prior to the acquisition. And there's really would be no point. Could other Blizzard games? Maybe. We'll see. All right, just announced this week, and you can actually be able to buy it, is the Razer Death Adder version 3 Pro Gaming Mouse. Yes, this is developed by, with the Pros, and it is a very different design than the version 2 or the original Death Adder. The, I guess the, the gap between the two mouse buttons is a lot lower. The shape of the mouse is different. It's a little bit more of a sloped for, I guess, better comfort as well. There is relatively no RGB on there, which is very interesting. It's got about 90 hours of battery life, which we'll see. It looks like if you use the was the hyperspeed little dongle thing, it, it brings it down to about 24 hours because of just how much it, the battery uses to get those fast pull rates and everything for that. But I mean, if you really want to do that, that's, that's interesting as well, but it looks like a whole new, basically it's a redesign of the death adder, which is very interesting. Death adder has been around for quite a while. It's, it's Razor's best selling mouse ever. It uses the same optical switches as the Viper ones and it's got minimal lights. So that's good. The, the buttons on the side have been redesigned. I guess moved a little bit to, I guess for better comfort and now kind of more of the, I guess the, the extra padding that they would put on the mouse are stickers. You can put them on, put them off as well. It will also come in white and black. So you do have a choice between those two, but beyond that's about it, but it does use the hyperspeed wireless technology. So it should be a good thing for you. Now, if you want to use the hyper pulling dongle, like I said before, you can, You'll know, you just use the USB-C port for it as well. But I don't really recommend it. Just use the regular one. It'll be, you'll just be fine unless you're just a sweaty gamer, which I am not at all. All right, moving on to Elite Dangerous. CEO and director David Brandon is stepping down after 28 years. He found the company in 1994, and he has done a pretty good job of like managing the company and making it what it is today. He originally founded it to make the first or maybe the second. It was the Elite Dangerous one. And then in 2014, he came back to it to make Elite Dangerous. And now he's also made Roller Coaster Tycoon, Jurassic World Evolution, and Planet Coaster as well, which is similar to Roller Coaster Tycoon as it is. But he's still going to be an advisory to this, but it looks very interesting that he's stepping down maybe because he may want to retire. I'm not really quite sure about the, why he's doing it, but the COO or CCO is going to be taking a step into this. So um, best of luck to him and whatever else he decides to do, but he is stepping down. All right, moving on to, well, right, employees are now employing more women because diversity. Here's my issue with all this stuff, is that diversity doesn't really make a better company. Yes, you should have diverse opinions, but does it really matter if you're a woman or a guy? No, 
as long as your work benefits the company, that's all that should matter. And it's like, well, it shouldn't be a boys club. Well, there's a lot of women's clubs too. So, I mean, you can't have it both ways. Life is unfair. Most guys gravitate to gaming. That's what we've been gravitating to for decades now. Now you just want to be a part of it, which is always funny to me. Then be a part of it, but don't stop bitching about it. The bitching is what gets to me. It's like, stop it. So, great that they have more women, I guess. Will it make a better game? I don't know. But apparently they said the last report explains women have now taken 25% of the company's leadership council. Yay. As last year was only 21.7%. So it really wasn't that much of a big hike. It was about 4.3% more. And women make up 30.4% of new hires, equating to a 25.8% representation throughout the company. That's right. And underrepresented minorities, because I don't know, maybe they should, you know, really these underrepresented minorities should instill in the younger generation to get an education, to find your passion, to not take drugs, to not get in gangs. There are things you can say as the older generation to instill a younger generation that instills in building a family, instills in having good mentorships that doesn't go into selling drugs, taking drugs, or getting into violence. That's what will lead to it. Also, not getting, having a baby early is another thing. Finish, co- finish high school first. College, eh, I'm not really saying that college is actually the best way of going. It really depends on your degree. If you're a lawyer, doctor, college is for you. If you're any other thing, probably not. But anyways, maybe game, game developer or game or something like that degree could help as well, but you can usually learn through YouTube and everything else. But like I said before, this has, this can't just be businesses saying we need to find diversity. It has to be from the communities to instill good values on people to instill work, work ethic, taking responsibility for your own actions, that type of thing. This is what will happen to lead to better diversity. Now, if you don't do that, then that's, there are issues for women, just being a part of it. Don't, not every little thing is an affront to you. Not every little thing is misogynistic. Not every little thing is sexist. Like, get some thick skin. Like, for the younger generation, please get some thick skin. Please. I'm begging you. But I guess more power to them that they have more diversity. Uh, what I like to see is diversity of thought and what that type of diversity entails for them instead of just the skin superficial. We have diversity of different skin tones of different genders, which are only two. And if I haven't said before, please subscribe to digital coffee on all the podcasting apps that you listen to it. Leave a five-star review. If you can, it really does help with the rankings, but Moving on to Midnight Suns has been delayed. I should say Marvel Midnight Suns has been delayed again. And now this time there actually is no release date. So, yay. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of is unfortunate that this happens. But once again, I'd rather have a good game than a 
terrible game and we've seen terrible games in 2021 and 2020. So I think a lot of publishers and developers are like, okay, if this game's not ready, we're not releasing it now because we don't really want this backlash to happen to us again. And so it should be interesting to see when this actually comes out, but it's going to be coming out in 2023. Not quite sure when in 2023, but it will be coming out in 2023 sometime. Maybe in the second, third quarter. That's my speculation. I don't think it's going to be the first quarter. It was supposed to release in October, and that's not going to happen anymore. So for those that really want to play a Marvel game from Firaxis, you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. All right, moving on to, well, why everything comes back around to the PC. Now, you're wondering, what does that mean? Well, hear me out here. Sony has been really gung-ho on now pushing their games onto PC. Why? Because it's extra revenue stream. They get more units sold and it's just a really good, it's really good for the business in general. If you make really good quality games, you will sell very well on PC because we are clamoring for really good games on PC. So Spider-Man has finally been released on the PC and the PlayStation has had a dedicated site for it's games on PC, which telling you which ones are already out, which ones will be released soon. And it just looks like both Sony and Microsoft have come back around to having a fonder take on the PC. Prior to it, they were like, eh, no, we're just going to work on Xbox. We're going to work on our PlayStation. We don't want to put our games on the PC. PC is terrible. There's pirates, blah, 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 which is all true as well. There's a lot of ways you can pirate games on the PC. But here's the thing. You make good quality games. You make it pretty reasonable price. People will usually buy your games. If you make it with a lot of DRM to the point where it's unplayable, then people will pirate your game. It's just, And people will always pirate your game. You're never going to ever have 100% non, an unpiratable game that can't be cracked. It's going to be cracked no matter what. Regardless of if you love or hate CD Projekt Red, they were right in their assessment of saying people are going to steal our games, but if we can give value to our games, then less people will steal it from us or they'll buy it once they actually pirate it and then we'll still get that revenue from it. My thing is, is that we're all seeing a comeback to this. We're seeing different diversification of PC gaming too with smaller form frames like the Steam Deck, like other ones similar to the Steam Deck. And it's all coming back around. The PC is the ultimate tech. You could work, play games, watch movies, listen to music. It's an all encompassing thing and you can build it too because it's the most open platform. One of the more open platforms where if you build your PC, you could use Linux or windows. Unfortunately, like Macs, you can only use Mac and Apple products. That's really about it. But with PC, you can, you can dual boot. You can dual boot Linux. You can dual boot Windows 11 or 10 or 8 if you feel like having a terrible operating system. I'm not saying 11 is great, but 8 was pretty rough. My thing is, is that for gaming, PC gamers are in a really good spot right now because Sony is now pushing their games on the PC. Xbox or Microsoft Xbox wants to make sure that it releases on PC 
and on Xbox. You have the Xbox Game Pass. You kind of have the Sony subscription that doesn't make any sense to me. But you have options. And it all comes back to the option of PC. Still is the best. I'm sorry. I do have a Switch. I do have a PS5. But still, the PCs are better. I'm sorry. It is a hot take, but an unabashed hot take. PC is the best. Because I can upgrade it. I can make my own PC the way I want to. I may have issues every once in a while, but then I have to fix them, and that's fine. But still, it is something that is mine that I create myself. It's kind of like that the thing of like, yes, I made this. I made this PC. For better or worse, I made this PC. And I get to play so many different types of games. The indie scene is very thriving. You know, like I said before, you have Xbox and PlayStation making their games. You're almost getting the best of all the worlds except for Nintendo, which you can find emulators, even though Nintendo hates doing it, which Nintendo just released your games on PC. You'll get just as much money off of it because we love you just as much. But that's my thing. Everything comes back around to PC and maybe hopefully in the future we'll see Nintendo games. Probably not because Nintendo's kind of like, you know, like they're old school. Only on our system. Well, everybody's going new school, like Sony and Microsoft. Once again, just be patient. All the PlayStation games will eventually now, now that we see that they're like, ooh, more money, will be coming to PC. Everything goes back to PC. What do you think? Do you think I'm right about that? Let me know in the comments below. But thank you for listening digital coffee as always please subscribe to digital coffee on all your favorite podcasting apps leave a five star review if you like this if not let me know how i can do better for you also join me next week to talk about what's going on in the pc gaming industry all right guys stay safe get to play in the games you want to play and let just like i said before everything comes back around to pc and see you next week later